left side ball up and caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown Titans! Johnu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! Fumbles. Ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out! And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven and he wins! Welcome to Titans Beat on the Say It Again Network. My name is Joe Lemming, and alongside me is Anna Lewis and Albert Hainsworth, NFL legend, here to recap everything that has gone on in this Titans offseason so far. We have had an exciting draft. The schedule has dropped, and we're getting ready for our offseason training programs. But before we get into that, this is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. The new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. You two can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You're going to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Say It Again at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I am blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineer to ensure that your testes are as safe as possible. Now, again, manscaped.com, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code Say It Again at manscaped.com. How are y'all doing today? Good. I'm like Say way better again. now. <laughs> way better now because that was hilarious. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to tell you about Manscaped. All right. So y'all know I had the surgery and stuff like that. They want to use some, like, generic, you know, crap that they have at the hospital. You know what? You know what I brought them? A Manscaped. Because I need professional stuff. Yes. Okay. I am shaved. Clean. Just like a baby's ass. <laughs> just, just, let, just letting them know. So glad we're all grown about this. Like, I cannot stop laughing. Uh, but we're so happy to be back and have Albert back in full capacity. Still, obviously, recovering from his transplant, but praise God that you had one. And I mean, man, I'm just excited for you. So um, I know Joe is too, and we've we've been thinking about you a lot. So it's good to see you. Good to see you out and um, and moving around and and feeling good. I know you feel good. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a process. It was a process. It was hard in the beginning but uh you know everything's getting better better and better uh, with every day that goes uh that passes so super excited to kind of have my life back not be stuck to a chair doing dialysis five hours uh you know five hours three days a week so yeah that's the awesome thing yeah that is well congratulations again we're both we're all excited for you i know all of our listeners are too so because they they do ask about you a lot so um but i mean joe it is time to dive in like we we're gonna have an abbreviated episode because we want to get you guys a lot of information in a short amount of time and then we will be going live here soon so make sure once we announce that be paying attention to our socials um you can find us at sia titans beat and uh we'll keep you updated on our next live show because 
the last one we did was a lot of fun, had a lot of interaction. I think we'll continue to, to have a good time doing that. So um, let's just run through the draft. Um, I, I know everybody's talking about our first round pick. Uh, Mr. Farley out of Virginia Tech, and I'm I'm personally excited to see how he does. I know there's some concerns with um, his back, but I've seen a lot of posts and a lot of uh, a lot of different reporters that covered either Virginia Tech or cover our conference or whatever that think that you know it's not as big of a concern as what everyone's making it out to be. And the first person I think of is, hey, we drafted Jeffrey Simmons in the first round two years ago, and he couldn't play for the first six games, so. Um, and that obviously has paid off well. So what do you guys think about Caleb Farley? Have you watched any of his film? Have you um, read anything about him? What, what do you guys think? Yeah. So I'm really glad that we didn't do this episode, you know, the day after the draft or yeah. because I was pissed. I was pissed off. Everybody was talking about, you know, with all your mock drafts, you had your dream scenarios and nobody was really talking about Caleb Farley coming to the Titans. And one of the big reasons being back, you know, with somebody in a, a position that's a dire need for our team, considering all the releases we made and how bad our defense was a year ago, you wanted that name that everybody was clamoring for. That was going to be that day one difference maker. And, you know, after watching the film and reading up what all the analysts have said about Caleb Farley, as long as he's healthy and good to go, I, I you nailed it on the head, Anna, by saying that this is, you know, the potential to be another Jeffrey Simmons-like draft pick. It's a very high risk, but also an extremely high reward. So I'm super excited. He is physical and he can cover. So I'm really excited to get to see him going to camp. I don't think, from what I've read, that there's going to be much of a chance of him missing any games. I think he's ready to go by camp. And, you know, as long as all holds up well, we're going to see him ready for, you know, preseason and week one. And he's got the energy, too. So I don't know if y'all, I'm sure you both do pay attention to the actual Titans account on Twitter, but he's been on there. They've been sharing his stuff and he's already like talking smack. He's already out here just ready to go and excited. And um, I, I don't know, our defense needs a little bit of that. And I feel like Jeff is a little bit of that. Get somebody in the secondary that's like that. And I think, I think you have a good time. And I think we go back to just being dogs, which is my favorite, favorite type yeah. of Titans defense. Yeah. When I looked at it, I was just like, man. He drafted a guy, you know, had back issues, hasn't played a ton. Um, but, you know, looking at his talent level and seeing what other analysts say, you know, they said he was like a top 10 pick if he didn't have his back issues. So that's a, yeah. like I said, that's a great thing, what Joe, you guys said. So uh, kind of excited to see that. But, uh, I mean, they, they definitely need to improve the defense and everybody was just like, you know, they just lost, uh, you know, Corey Davis free agency. Why don't they get a wide out? I mean, because we're still a run team, run team first. So what I think the Titans going to do, uh, is probably, you know, wait to like, you know, camp time. Some receiver does not sign you know, kind of like maybe like Julio or somebody like that, bring him in and, you know, he'd be, uh, be that guy. I mean, that's what I think that they're going to do. Um, and then they're just going to fill in the special team roles and try to get a, a young defense that's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, and if you look at um, our draft overall, 
five out of seven of our picks were on the defensive side of the ball. So at least they're not crazy and like in denial about the fact that's where we need help. Um, and you, you got Monty Rice out of Georgia. I like him. Um, it, I don't know a whole lot about Elijah Molden or Rashad Weaver, but I, I don't know. I, the guys seem to have a good mentality. And I think if you come into the Titans locker room with the, with the dog mindset and you're willing to learn, I think you'll be all right. I think that's where our it's first round draft pick last year didn't work. They said that the, uh, I mean, just reading uh, one else, they were saying that they didn't think Rice, they thought Rice was picked too soon. They thought he was like a yeah. fourth or fifth rounder. And yeah, then they said Molden, they thought, they thought Molden was a great, like an A pick for, uh, you know, for a third round. They thought he was like best in the board. Uh, but, you know, again, they, these are just analysts, probably never played a day of sports in their life. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? So we'll right. see. That's true. Right. You truly never know when somebody's going to come off the board. And something that is it was most eye-popping to me with our first two rounds worth of draft picks is together last year, they played a combined, I think, one game. That's, that's insane to me to spend your first two rounds worth of draft capital on two guys that have played a combined one game and, and – a year, but uh, everybody's been singing very, very high praises for uh, Dylan Raddins. I believe I said his mm-hmm. name right out of North Dakota State. The guy is a mauler on the offensive line and is supposed to be our fill in for uh, Dennis Kelly after letting him go as a cap casualty. Um, ever since I, I've watched all of his um, his interviews since he got taken, and he's going to fit right in with this locker room. He is one of the boys. He's gritty. He's ready to get into somebody's face and play some physical football, which is what I'm really, really excited about, especially being a run-heavy team. You've got to have guys that are ready to maul and just push guys down the field and get to that second level. So, you know, everybody always clamors, oh, run to the left because you got Saffold and Lawan on the left side. But, you know, the right side of our line starting to shape up. So I'm, I'm really excited to yeah. see what he, what he showed out in the senior bowl. What do you think? Because uh, he played left left tackle at uh, North Dakota State. What do you think about switching to right? Like my experience with uh, like switching positions was uh, when I first got to the Titans, they had me at left tackle, and I never really played left tackle, so it was like completely backwards. And then you know, Watch is like, well, you know, Watch is like cursing, cursing me out or whatever. I said, hey. Can you switch? Can I switch over to right tackle? And then he was just like, "Yeah." So we, <laughs> I switched over to right tackle, and then he was like, "Holy crap!" Like he was like, oh, "I was like, man, I was a little worried. I thought you were going to be a bust or something." I said, "No, it's like playing completely <laughs> backwards." I said, "You know, when I was playing the left tackle, you know, and I always played the right tackle, like high school, college, and then you switch me to a left tackle. It's like it's playing completely backwards for me." So everything is in reverse. So you're you're thinking, you're slowing down, you know, all that stuff. So when they moved me back to right, and I was like, showed great improvement. He was like, oh man. So okay, like, and he asked me that. So I was just wondering, for him playing left tackle, and I don't know how long he's been playing left tackle. Will he feel different, you know, playing the right tackle now? You know, like because everything is going to be now coming inside of him instead of coming outside. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know, has he, I don't know if he said anything about that in interviews yet, but um, 
it's definitely something that I don't think any of us can speculate on quite yet. We just got to see how he looks in camp. Um, but that is a concern. And I, I didn't realize that he played left in college because I haven't watched a lot of his film. So um, that's a that's a great point that I didn't even realize. Yeah, and I don't know if he's necessarily going to be our day one starter. At, right. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. You know, a lot yeah. of it's just going to play out in camp. I think is what it's going to come down to because I don't I don't know his name. Like, forgive me, but we just signed that uh, guy out of Cleveland who was the backup right tackle who many thought was just going to be that was our starter. Now we just picked him up and we were trimming off Dennis Kelly for you know saving money. But I mean, and we'll see what happens here if he can transition well. I'd love to see him because again, his play that I saw from college. I mean, the dude's an absolute beast. So if he can flip sides and kind of be that swing tackle. And then, God forbid, Taylor Lewan ever gets hurt again or whatever, he gets out, and then we've got a guy that can swing back to left and fill in. So I, I think he's going to be a really yeah, great ability guy to play. Yeah, that's what they said. It's like, uh, you know, if Taylor goes out, that he can switch. Yeah, that was a good thing. And he's, you know, that Mahler, Mahler type. So, uh, that, that yeah. Was a good thing. Hopefully, yeah, he can work out at right or even be the swing Kind of like a Jason Matthews that can play almost every position. Right. And you definitely increase your value as a, as a player if you can do that. So maybe he'll be able to do that. I guess we'll just have – it's so hard. I I actually hate talking about draft stuff because, like, I coached college, and the guys that I coached in college obviously would look so different in the NFL. And the guys I coached in college probably couldn't make it to the NFL. Um, but – it's just a completely different game. The NFL is starting to, especially the offense, emulate what college has done forever. But um, you just don't, you just don't know until they get out there day one what they're going to look like, or you really get a good idea in camp. But it's so hard to speculate who's going to be great and who's not because, honestly, I know there were concerns about Isaiah Wilson before we picked him up um, with his off-field stuff. But I was really excited to see what he looked like on the field because at Georgia he was a monster. Um, and then obviously <laughs> things did not work out and now he's a rapper. So, um, well, it's not working out either. No, it's not. It's, it's not great. Uh, but it's crazy how stuff plays out. And, um, I, I don't like to say too much. The only, one of the only people I got super excited about is because I watch SEC football. Like there's no tomorrow was Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat. Like I wanted one of those two guys when they were up for the draft. But, um, other than that, I just don't. I like to knock on wood before I say anything about these young guys because you just never know. So next yeah. we've got our probably the most controversial out of all of our picks. In the third round, we took Monty Rice at 92 overall. The head scratcher, linebacker out of Georgia. You know, granted, you've got Jayon Brown who only signed back to a one-year deal, and then you got Rashawn Evans who. We just declined his fifth-year option, so he's going to be a, a pending free agent at the end of the season. So you, you like to think that whatever linebacker they're going after is going to be somebody that can fill in those shoes. And, you know, again, this is all coming out of college. Analysts had this guy ranked as a, a special teamer mm. when transitioned to the NFL. And that's not necessarily the glowing review that you want to read about somebody <laughs> that you just took in the, the third round, especially when you have a glaring needed wide receiver. So I, I don't know what to expect here. He's going to have a learning year behind, you know, Jayon Brown, who hopefully is able to come back and stay long term. But I look at this more of a Rashawn Evans replacement. 
as I believe he's really good against the run, which is going to complement as yeah. far as what he can run, learn off of uh, Evans. Yeah, I think you're right on that because um, I I do think long-term we try to keep Jayon around as long as possible. And he's even said multiple times he wants to be a Titan forever. And like, you know, obviously shit doesn't always work out, but um, him taking the contract he did, I know we talked about this in our last episode, him taking the contract he did was a huge sign of respect for the team and um and taking a team friendly deal so i think very highly of him i think he's one of the best pass coverage linebackers in the league and i don't think monty rice was here to to go necessarily learn from him and replace him um i think you're right i think the the decline of evan's fifth year was your indicator of what monty rice is hoping to be um now can he do it i honestly god don't know so <laughs> i'm not helpful in this one yeah. Is that, is that the linebacker from Georgia we're talking about, right, Rice? Yep. 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 Yeah, that who was drafted, they thought too way too high. That's the one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they see something that we don't. So maybe. They get paid the big bucks to see that, I guess. So we'll yeah. see. But then we've got what many are calling the steal of the draft that also came in the third round. The, uh, with our uh, our pick that we got for losing Jack Conklin to Cleveland, the Titans took Elijah Molden out of Washington. Now, this guy is an extremely aggressive defender that fits in with the style of play that you've been seeing Mike Vrabel try to implement the past couple years. And uh, he's, if I read correctly or saw correctly, he's going to be more of your, your slot guy that's going to play yep. more like what you used to see out of Logan Ryan when he was here. So I'm... Super excited about that. Uh, the dude's all about the team. He's super excited to be in Tennessee. So uh, our defensive backfield is really starting to shape up. If these uh, young guys can pan out, I think it's really, you know, Elijah Molden's going to have a perfect spot on this team. And I think the the backfield's going to start to really come together. Yeah, I think that pick uh, really uh, helped boost them back up because I thought some of their later round picks – you know, like like the third, I mean, like that Rice and some other guys they picked were eh, shaky, but him being a you know A grade, uh, I mean boosting them up to you know to keep them up there. So uh, yeah, excited excited about that. I mean they're, I, I just hope they don't really try to go too young to you know go too young. Yeah. Or having all these just young guys and they got nobody to uh, really guide them you know and they're figuring it out uh, you know you don't really want that you want to have at least one or two old guys and i can um, you know kind of show them the way our secondary room is almost completely different like it's crazy we have christian fulton coming back um is Breon borders back joe um, I believe Borders is back. Yes. Um, who am I missing? You, we, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Kevin Byard is back. Yeah, we've got Kevin course. Byard. He's one of your most veteran guys back there in the backfield. But also, we got Janoris Jenkins from the Saints. Yeah. So that's your veteran guy, and Janoris Jenkins is a fucking dog. If there's anybody, how do you feel? How do you really feel about that, Joe? To, to, he is going to rally these guys, that, and that's I like that's what I'm saying. Like 
the Titans are trying to build a physical beat you up defense. And if there's, and we got Bud Dupree, we'll talk about that, you know, later he fits in with that mold as well. But if you've got a core of really aggressive corners that are coming in, there's no better guy to have on your team to mentor them. And I mean, he's not, he's a starter. He's going to be a starter. He's not just a mentor, but that's a guy to bring them up. And if they can follow his footsteps, that that's a win. But he's still going to be, you know, he's still going to be kind of finding his way also because it is a new team, new defense to him. So it's not like, you know, he can just come in here day one and go from what he was at, uh, you know, at the Saints to to come into the Titans and be be that guy, you know. Uh, Yeah. He's going to have some learning curves as well. They're leaning pretty heavily on Kevin Byard being able to put that room together. Because um, I agree. I think Jenkins is absolutely a dog. I think he fits in well with what we've tried to build. And I think we've successfully built with our line um, and some of our linebackers. But uh, it, it is hard to go into a new environment and just make an immediate impact. Now, if he can, I'm all here for it. And I'm going to get in a jersey. But I think it more shows how much they're leaning on Kevin Byard to be able to get everybody in shape um all the secondary um because they they have a lot of young young guys you've got three that we drafted that are all you know 21 years old and they're going to be entering this whole new world um and these these older guys which we've got two really I guess Breon Breon Borders I think is like 26 so he's in my opinion young but for the position getting older um they, they've got to make sure they go in with the right mindset. If they can go in with the right mindset, I think the secondary can be a bunch of dogs, which I'm really looking forward to. And next, we've got what everybody was expecting in either the first or second round. At pick 109, the fourth round, we took Dez Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. And I'm not going to lie, when we picked him, I have no idea who he was. But after I watched his tape, Man, I'm excited to see what he can do. He is a big-bodied guy that can move down the field and get big and tower over some corners. He can go up and get the ball at the highest point, and he he's a guy that can kind of fill in for what you lost a little bit in Corey Davis. Granted, he's he's no Corey Davis at least yet, but coming out of you know uh, Western Michigan, people thought Corey Davis was going to be this guy that you can just chuck the ball down the field to and he'll go up and get it. Well. Fitzpatrick shows a lot of those same traits, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see him be uh, uh, the receiver of a couple deep balls winning some uh, one-on-one battles down the field. He actually averaged 19.4 yards per catch last season in Louisville. Jeez. Well, we got a different competition here now, so NFL, not, not Louisville, so. All right, all right, I'll expect 10.4 yards of catch. Whatever, okay. I'll <laughs> but I definitely think off the tape that I've seen that he has potential to be really good at the next level. Yeah, I, I definitely see the potential. I'm with you on that, Joe. Um, I'm also, like, I'm probably right in the middle of y'all. So the only conference that I will get super excited about what a player can do as far as on the offensive side of the ball, is somebody that can just absolutely be a dog against SEC defenses. Um, if you can do that, then I go, okay, you might be onto something and be something special. That's why I was kind of excited about Elijah Moore and that possibility. I didn't think we were going to get him, but it just 
it would have been cool. It would have been a cool reunion for AJ Brown. It would have been a really cool get for us. And I do think he's going to do well. Um, but I like what I see on tape for uh, Fitzpatrick. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I mean, like I've said a million times today, we're just going to have to see. But I do think that we – here. here's my thing with the Atlanta thing. I was talking to um, Zach off of football and other F-words uh, over at Broadway Sports, and he was telling me, you know, he was really jazzed about Julio too, but everything that he read, and I agreed everything I had read, Atlanta has been saying that they feel like they're in their window to go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So if you, which is cute, yeah, well, um, but right, but like if you feel that way, do you trade away your Hall of Famer wide receiver? Probably not. But I also don't think that realistically they actually think they're in that window. So maybe they do trade for some more like developmental draft picks for next year and the next couple of years, or maybe I, I don't know which one of our players they want because I don't know Atlanta well enough to know what their needs are. But I would love to see Julio Jones come here. I think him, if you have him, AJ, Derrick Henry, that's wild. That's a wild triple threat. And we haven't even talked about, you know, your, your favorite, Ryan Tannehill. Let him air it out. Uh, this hand the ball off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, Joe, I think um, – I think we're going to find out how good Ryan Tannehill is this year without Arthur Smith. Oh, you're going to sure. find out. You're going to find out if it was Arthur, if it was Ryan Tannehill. I as think long I as there's one more person to help him out, I'm okay with that statement. But if you throw him out there with AJ Brown and some third and fourth string guys, then yeah, he's going to look bad. So we'll we'll see what happens. Mm. If he was really as great as some of the Titans fans believe he is, he could make it work with anybody. Oh, he's no Tom Brady. He can't get some practice squad <laughs> guys to play like wide receiver. Well, I, thought you, I, I thought you said he was like Tom Brady. I never said he was like Tom Brady. <laughs> Don't you do me like that. I, 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 I can I swear I thought you said something like that. Like a Tom Brady type or something like that. Did I, did I not hear I'm that in one that. show when we were ragging about him? No, I would never say that. No, he didn't say that. I think we went on the – you and me were just dogging on Joe because he said something about Ryan Sandhill being great. And we were like, uh, he's good. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, up there. he's good. He's uh, up there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like – I obviously, I want Ryan Sandhill to succeed because he's my quarterback. Um, but I also really want to be right. So – Oh, stop it. I will hang up on this call right now. I will hop (laughs) off. Don't even get me going. What? You just want to be great? I mean, I'm going to go with you when you you said, like, I would say he is probably uh, number two uh, Titan quarterback, possibly. I mean, he's got a strong... Strong push between, you know, two and three. Yeah. So. So I, I do really, I know we're starting to run a little short on time. I do just want to do a quick recap for our last couple picks that we had in the draft. Um, We don't have to really talk too much on them, but then we can move to the schedule release that just happened and give some thoughts on any of our opponents and, I know we don't like to do predictions too much, but maybe just your initial thought on what this season may look out to be. 
But after taking uh, Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round, also in the fourth round, we took Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh, uh, outside linebacker who you're hoping to see get some experience uh, behind Bud Dupree in the pass rush and hopefully get somebody else in there to rotate in as a depth piece. We've got uh, Racy McMath, wide receiver out of LSU, who many are seeing as a potential uh, special teams guy. And uh, Brady Breeze, uh, DB out of Oregon. So um, you see a lot of depth moves there late in the draft and after the uh, Fitzpatrick pick. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely – I think they those were fine moves. Um, I think those guys obviously all have potential or they wouldn't have gotten picked up. Um, and I'm just excited to see what they do. But uh, we obviously don't have Darren Bates right now. We don't have Will Compton, and those are two of our key special teams guys. So unless we intend to pick them back up, uh, we had to make some, some replacements there. So um, I think they did a good job with that. McMath is supposed to, and again, I, I haven't had too much time to look at his tape, but if I understand, I believe he returned uh, kickoffs and punts at LSU. Yep. So I would love to finally get out of this experimental rut of seeing, okay, who can we put back there that might be okay right. returning kicks? Because we haven't had, like, the last electric person that we had at returner was Adoree Jackson. And, I mean, he never did anything but you always felt like he had the potential to do it but he kept fumbling so that experiment was a failure so since then it's just been a rotating door what's that what did you what did you say i said said pac-man was probably what was more the, the last electrifying you know uh you know power returner or or kick returner I don't forget yeah, about Mark Mariani, man. That was Mark was a beast. Or was Pac-Man after Mark? He was after. Uh-huh. Who was it? Mark Mariani. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't play with. I thought he didn't he play with I you? I didn't really watch. Man, I'm just Pac-Man I'm or, or uh, yeah, Pac-Man played with me, but uh, not the other guy. Mark must have been after you then. I don't. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, he was. But yeah, he made the pro. He was a. He made it to the Pro Bowl, I think, as a, a return one. But anyway, it, it would be nice <laughs> to get some energy back in there. Definitely, Pac-Man was a beast um, when right. he was on the field with us too. So, on to the schedule release. Have y'all had a chance to take a look at our opponents for this coming season yet? Oh yeah, I'm so excited. I think Arizona. Everybody's talking about the A.J. Brown-Malcolm Butler matchup. And I am pumped to see A.J. blow the brakes off of Malcolm Butler. Because that's going to be hilarious. Somebody's going to have a hurt ego. And it's going to be Mr. Butler, unfortunately for him. Because A.J. is young and strong and quick. He's a lot quicker than people give him credit for. So that's what I'm looking forward to in that game. Um, where, where, where did... Uh, I'm sorry, because I keep losing servers. Where, where did... Uh... Uh, Butler, go. Arizona. So he's out there with JJ and D-Hop. And I don't know, Arizona became kind of a weird mashup of former AFC South players. But it'll be interesting for sure. And then Seattle. I So Arizona, I feel iffy about because I'm with Kyler Murray at quarterback. They make me nervous. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how our defense is able to build for that, for that being the first game. Yeah, that's a really good test to see where we're at. Huge. What'd you say? They're going to have to rush the passer. He'll sit back there and pick him off. Yeah, he will. But I think with uh, Bud Dupree and Jeff next to each other, I'm actually really excited to see that combo. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I think that's, that's, that's one yeah. side. That's one side. Slide the center over. You can neutralize them. You got to get the get the other side. You got to get everybody going. Well, we got Autry. We got Autry. So I don't know who our top three guys are going to be, but um, I think that's probably what it's going to be. Those three we just said. Because I don't. I can't remember who all we kept, but we let a lot of people go last year. So um, it's going to be new. And I I don't ever watch preseason games. I'm telling on myself. I'll watch them this year because we really got to see what that defense looks like because there's very few pieces that are um, the same as last year, which is not a bad thing, in my opinion. Weird only having two preseason games this year. Like kind of used to know, like, okay, this is the game that the starters are going to play. This is when you got to pay attention. but. It's going to be three. I don't know how the coaches are going to roll that out for only two preseason games. We've got three. We play Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and Chicago. I thought, I thought it moved down to two. Okay, well, then that's a little bit better. Okay, my bad. I'm, I'm on TennesseeTitans.com, so. Hey, all right, I was wrong. <laughs> um, but then, like you were saying, moving on to Seattle, that's two back-to-back heavy passing teams. Yep. First two weeks of the second season game, with a brand new second game will probably play into the uh second game will probably play into the third quarter and third game might be like a, a tune up tune up game. So Are you talking about preseason? Yeah. Preseason how how like you're gonna see the starters, like you're gonna see them, you know, in the first game. More than I mean, probably not the offense, not more than a really a series, unless uh, unless we get a, like a big time wide out or something like that, so they can kind of right. gel. But um, yeah, you you'll see them more in the second game and more of a tune up in the third game. Second game, you'll probably see them uh, play the most. Okay. Yeah. You know, into the third quarter. You said the second game. So that's against Tampa Bay. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind to see what they look like against Tampa Bay. Um, preseason is always so weird. But it'll also give us a great opportunity to see what these new guys look like, these young guys. But our first two games against Arizona and Seattle, they're going to be a huge test for our passing defense, um, like you were saying, Joe. And then, you know, we jump right on into Indianapolis – for week three, which is also the week of my birthday. So I might just have to go to that one. But um, I'm I'm nervous about Indy this year. I'm not going to lie. Not because of Carson Wentz, because I think Carson Wentz is eh. But I'm... Fresh. Yes. <laughs> yes, all of that. And now that he's in Indy, it's like, God, I hate you even more now. <laughs> but um, I think Indy is still a really good the- football team. Big yeah. City. Come on. You what? That's going to be Pick City. I love him now. He's going to give us the ball. Yeah, you're not wrong. wrong. You're not wrong. But overall, we have a fairly tough schedule, I would say. And last year it was not, in my opinion. So, I mean, it's definitely, it's 
kind of gonna done a complete 180 because we have to play LA, we have to play Kansas City, New Orleans, Buffalo. I, I mean, feel, New England, I, Pittsburgh. I think I feel pretty oh, yeah. confident with our schedule. You know, you've got the Jets. You don't know what what Zach Wilson's going to look like. You got the Jags twice. I I think. I think the Colts got worse. I'm not going to say that we're going to sweep them, but I think that's at least a split. You've got the Saints without Drew Brees. You've got a revamped New England offense, but, I mean, you still don't know what you're getting out of Cam Newton. You've got the Texans twice, which are a dumpster fire. And then you've, you've got San Francisco, who still doesn't know who their quarterback is. And then you've got Miami, who's a good defense, but still trying to find their way on offense. So, as long as we win the games that we're supposed to win and we find a couple surprise wins here or there against these tough teams that are going to be close games, I, I think this is an, a, another, you know, 10-plus win team. I could see us winning 12 to 13 games. I just need to Whoa. know the last time the Titans Remember, you got won 17 games, games they were supposed to Listen to me, Joe. When's the last time the Titans won the games they were supposed to win? Exactly. Sounds like another last year, what do you mean? Joe, like, that's like what we're known for is losing the games that we should absolutely win or okay. cutting it way too close. Other other than the Bengals last year, what did we what game did we drop that we were supposed to win? That we're like, oh, oh that's an easy win. Because the the Bengals was the one that always pops in my head first. Because there was cool. another one. Uh, but remember, you like, I can see. the season. So I mean saying that you're going to win 12 or 13 games this year is like saying that you're going to win 10 or 10 or I don't know, 10 or 11 with a 16 game season. So, I mean, it's just going to be different having that extra game is going to be more skewed, but I'm going to be excited to see how we stack up against Patrick Mahomes and see if we can finally yeah. get some pass rush on him. Yep. That's yeah, but I don't mean anything. He's, remember, he's a different guy in the playoffs. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a True, true. Um, no, I think the game that I always think of with last year was um, we didn't lose it, but the Vikings and the Broncos. Those were horrible. Okay, you had the Broncos week one when they were healthy, so they still had their good defense. They had a starting quarterback, so that's a little different. And then what was the other game you said? The Vikings. The Vikings who had a really potent offense and just a bad defense. So, I mean, again, our defense was our Achilles heel last year. So, yeah, we got eight up by a good offense. They have Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, for the defense yeah, we that we had, I think that that was – Would lead. you be saying Would you be saying this if it was 31 to 30 the other way? What do you mean? Like, if we lost 31 to 30 instead of beating them 31 to 30, would you feel the same way that you do right now? Like, oh, it's fine, because they have a pretty solid offense, and we got eaten alive by a solid but they, No, but that's unacceptable. What what we're trying to talk is, did we go in and do, was everybody like, oh, the Titans are going to mop the Vikings? I don't think anybody going into that game was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is going to be a blowout, because I don't think that was the expectation. Now, it's not like we were playing the Browns a couple years ago, back when they had Manziel, and we got beat by Manziel, or when we went to play Jacksonville on Christmas Eve, and... It was like, oh, this is a this is a walk in the park for the Titans, and we lost. It wasn't like a trap game. They were still a respectable team, and so I, I don't think that was walking into a game and underplaying our expectations by any means. I guess. Well, you know, Titans always going to 
play it close. They ain't gonna blow out nobody really. They wanna keep Buffalo Bills and that's, that's why they wanna keep your uh, heart bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so. But no, I think I think it'll be a winning season. I just think it's gonna be tougher than people think it's going to be. Because every team that we play is competitive. Yeah, and we don't know about our defense. So Yeah. And our offense right now is weaker than they were last year. So it's, yep. it's you know, we gotta we still got some things we gotta do before it's gonna be a winning season. Because we could be, you know, like what do you say like that, uh you know, nine and eight or, or you know, something like that. Yeah. Season if they don't figure out you know, their offense because it's weaker than last year. It's not as powerful. And their defense is relatively unknown because you got a bunch of young guys and a couple of old guys coming in that kind of need to uh, show these guys how to be in the NFL. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be that. I'm going to say this. I'm going to put my name on the line. Okay. I'm going to put a slight contingency on it. As long as we don't, as long as we don't lose any of the big three, as long as we don't lose Tannehill, AJ Brown, or Derrick Henry, I'm going to guarantee this this uh, this team wins 12 games. Oh, that's okay. It's fucking Joe, man. He's damn tight through, man. Guarantee 12 wins. Oh my god. Okay. I mean, cool. I think that's all we got today because I'm speechless after that one. I thought you were going to say 10, not 12. 12 wins. I want to pick at Albert's brain for one second. On on Okay. So you had a very brief stint with uh, Jim Schwartz as being the defensive coordinator in Tennessee, correct? Had a brief stint? Yeah, no, but when he was defensive coordinator, when he took over the defense. Because I don't think he took over till one of your last years as the defensive coordinator, I think. No, it was my defensive coordinator my entire seven years. Perfect. So what are your thoughts as him being an advisor now on the defense? I mean, I like that, but, uh, I mean, how much are they going to listen to him? Now, to be honest, his defensive style is different than what, what Vrabel is doing. Vrabel has that, like, you know, like that uh, New England kind of mindset of like linebackers, you know, rushing and, and all that stuff, you know. Um, you know, Swartz is more about what he's learned is be like more about the D line, uh, like them have them wreck shop and then have the linebackers clean it up, you know, if it gets through. But so, doesn't uh, like kind of how we're gearing up to play with the guys that we've added? And do we have like? I mean, you're still rushing, rushing the linebacker off the end, right? I mean, you know, kind of like a stand-up linebacker DN. I mean, type. That's not that's not how we did it. But um, Swartz does know a lot of blitzes and things like that. I mean, that's what he was before. He just let us do us. Uh, he used to be a blitz happy guy. Like, you know, he was so excited. I mean, I don't know if I can say this, but, like, his dick got hard on Thursday. The freaking 
show all these blitzes that he didn't draw drawn up. You know, until then he started letting us like he was like, all right, I got a great defensive line here. Let me just let them do their thing, and I'll just call the coverage. And so that's when you saw us uh, really, really got a lot better. Yeah. So uh, it's, um, you know, or is he supposed to be the fall guy when this stuff don't work out? Like, well, we brought this guy in, and, you know, all that. All right. I think they're going to have a – I think they got a few fall guys because it's really Vrabel's defense, and, you know, he was running it last year, so he just hired those guys that was already there, them in, you know, bigger positions. So if it doesn't work out, he can – hey, we're just going to have to let you go, even though it's his defense. Yeah. Which his defense didn't even work at Houston, but – No. It didn't. Just, no. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, it's gonna be interesting. He is an excellent, in my opinion, an excellent head coach. I think he does a good job getting everybody connected and excited, and he's a great um, attitude booster because he just, I, I do truly believe that Vrabel believes everything that comes out of his mouth, and he just says it like it is. And a lot of players respect that. A lot of players want to play for somebody like that. He needs to keep it real with himself. And recognize what his strong suit is not, and that is creating a defense and running it. And he needs to know. And I mean, he's young. He's so young in his career, um, and I think he has a great career ahead of him. I would hate to see him jeopardize that because his pride got in the way. So I hope they listen to Jim Schwartz. I hope they don't listen to Shane Bowen because if he was running any, if he had anything to do with what last year looked like, I don't want any part of that at all. But um, bringing in Jim. I think bringing in Coach Schwartz is a great move, but I think if it were for the reasons that I want him there, it'd be a great move. But if it's for the reasons that we all think it is, which is him being a fall guy, I don't know that their intentions are pure. Right. So, we'll see. We'll see. I think Albert will be able to tell us real quick if if it's a Schwartz defense or not. Yeah. It's going to be some awesome insight throughout the season for sure. Yeah, it is. So make sure you stay listening to us, everyone. Yeah, it was fun getting back together and uh, doing another episode. I'm sure these are going to start ramping up and being more often here as we get closer to the season. As always, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you're following us on Twitter if you aren't already. It's at SIA Titans Beat. We look forward to engaging with you guys in the community and continuing to grow with you guys. Again, I'm Joe Lemming along with Anna Lewis and Albert Hainsworth. Tighten up. Tighten up. See you guys later. Shave your balls. Shave your balls. Ah.